This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The Apostle Paul's first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 12. This portion of scripture serves as the basis for my sermon today. God gives us his spirit, and the spirit gives us his unique gifts. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, different languages, and to still another the interpretation of tongues, of those languages. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. The word of the Lord. Twenty-two-year-old Cody Lee was born with optic nerve hypoplasia, causing him to become legally blind He was also diagnosed at an early age with autism and a glandular disease. But he learned to play the piano, loved to sing, and wowed Julianne, Gabrielle, Howie, Simon, and the studio audience and millions of viewers as he came out on top, winning the 14th season of America's Got Talent. Ever wish you had just a little bit of talent like that to serenade someone with the buttery smoothness of Buble, to daub a canvas like Monet, to swing ash like Christian Yelich, to glide across a dance floor like a stair, to ace an exam like an Einstein? What would it be like for someone to say to you, you are gifted? I actually get to tell you that today. And I'm not pulling your leg or making something up just to make you feel better when you're frustrated by COVID mandates and stuck-at-home orders. Guided by God the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul penned that pronouncement Today's second reading from his first letter to the Corinthians in chapter 12. 
The safer at home, at home orders dropped on us like a wet blanket. And I don't know about you, but it caused some of us to question our worth. Maybe you were okay working from home, or maybe you were on furlough for some time. But what if you were working for a business that was considered to be non-essential? Lost your job, and suddenly you're worried about the future, wondering about your worth. Some of the Christians in the congregation of Corinth were looking at fellow members sideways. A jolt of jealousy percolated. Those other people have gifts and abilities that I don't have. What am I worth? The Apostle Paul knew that the only way to stem the tide was to direct them back to the source. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Today is Pentecost, the festival of the Holy Spirit, an opportunity for us to consider all the cool things the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. And one of his best and biggest projects is to pour out to us special gifts, special abilities. We call them spiritual gifts because they come from the Holy Spirit. But as we, as we learn to discover the purpose and meaning of those gifts, let's not lose sight of the main point. The most important thing isn't the gifts, but the giver. The giver is more important than the gifts. We do nothing to earn these spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are just that. Gifts. If a husband and wife found their worth and value in the size and, and dollar value of the gifts they received, they'd, they'd be in, a, in tough shape. What if those gifts eventually get tarnished or lost or broken? We don't find our value and worth in the gifts that the Spirit has given us, but in the giver who has given them. He chose us to be his own, even though we way too often have plopped ourselves into the gutter of sin. The Holy Spirit rightly says to us, you have prostituted yourself in sin, and I ought to leave you in the gutter. But he doesn't. Instead, he comes to us and says, I'm covering you with the forgiving love of Jesus. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's the best gift of all. That tops them all. You are gifted by God alone. This whole safer at home business coronavirus situation has underscored what many of you already have known for several years. We can do our shopping and our banking online. If you want to get gas, this has been true for many years, you don't have to interact with a human being. You pull up to the pump, use your credit card, fill up and drive away. Nowadays, you can also get your groceries. Same way, you can call up, buy them online, drive to the store, pop your trunk, and somebody will dump the goodies inside. It's easy to avoid interaction with other people, to live anonymously in isolation to cocoon ourselves in our own private little world. But the more we experience and think about that, what a sad and lonely experience 
that is. All kinds of issues were tearing at the seams of the Christian congregation in Corinth, pulling people apart. So the Apostle Paul writes to them about these spiritual gifts because the Holy Spirit intended to use these spiritual gifts he pours out as glue to hold them together. Here's what he says. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Isn't it enough for us to know and to realize our status as the dearly loved blood, uh, blood-bought bride of Christ? Isn't it enough, enough for us to know that status? That we're the bride of Christ. Why do we have to learn about spiritual gifts? Listen again. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. What a marvelous joy it is to be part of a Christian congregation where each member understands and uses his or her spiritual gifts, not for himself or herself, but for others, for the benefit of others. Consider the spiritual gifts that God is going to pour out to you and has when you put in motion and into action the spiritual gifts he's given when you contact fellow members by phone, text, or email, when you regularly gather with fellow believers for worship, and I know that day we're looking forward to is coming soon when we can be together again, and not just watching worship online, live stream, or on YouTube, but when you gather together with fellow believers, and when you schedule a church social event on your calendar, And you're regularly showing up for work, not just when you feel like it or think you need it, but regularly for worship and participating and connecting with fellow believers. Then, then you are impacting the people around you, your fellow believers. You are creating connections. You're building a foundation of mutual support and love. You are gifted by God alone for one purpose, to connect and serve others. So what would you think if I told you that I received a direct message from God last night and I'm going to share it with you now? What would you think if I told you that I ran across someone who recently broke their leg and I invited that person to come to my office for an immediate miraculous healing? What would you think if I told you that in a few moments I would finish up this sermon by speaking in the French language, a language that I do not know and have not studied? you would probably think, that guy's elevator doesn't reach the top floor. His lights may be on, but nobody's home! To help the Christians in Corinth overcome the problems that were tearing at the seams and their relationships, the apostle, first of all, pointed them to the love, the lavish love that the Holy Spirit pours out, Jesus' forgiving love. And then he added what the Holy Spirit gives to us all about these spiritual gifts as an illustration, as an added evidence of the Spirit's love. And when the Apostle here talks about, in this portion of Scripture, spiritual gifts, we might be able to catalog them in two different major categories, supernatural gifts and the common or more natural gifts. Back in the days of the Apostles, there actually were supernatural spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit. From that great big festival of harvest, that Pentecost festival in Jerusalem, all the way up until the death of the Apostle John. For about 60 years, 
God, the Holy Spirit, gave to certain individuals some of these supernatural spiritual gifts. Direct messages from God for them to proclaim, miracles to back those messages up, the ability to speak a foreign language they hadn't studied. He gave those spiritual gifts to individuals, certain ones, in order to get the good news about Jesus' love out to places and people where it had not been before. But once... The New Testament was complete with the death of the Apostle John. Once the Bible was complete, those supernatural gifts weren't needed anymore. And they certainly aren't needed now. They've likely passed away because we have the entire Bible, all of God's holy word. Those supernatural gifts are no longer needed and there are plenty of natural spiritual gifts to go around. The Apostle mentions a few. He mentions the message of Knowledge, which is the ability to dig deep into God's word and to hang on to some wonderful insights of God's truth. The message of wisdom, which is the ability to apply those truths in practical ways. He talks about the gift of faith, not meaning saving faith here, but I guess we call it something like Christian optimism. One of the fun things about opening wedding, birthday, or Christmas gifts is to open them up and to find out what you got. One of the great joys of being a Christian is to receive these gifts from the Spirit and to discover the different kinds of gifts he's given to each of us. Learn to know your own spiritual gifts by asking yourself, well, what what gifts, what abilities has God given me? Where do my interests and abilities lie? Has God given me the ability to write, to study, to administrate, to support behind the scenes, to talk to others about Jesus, to encourage, to care for others. All of these unique and special gifts, and the apostle lists some examples to drive home the point. You are gifted by God alone for one purpose, all with different kinds of gifts. But now let's get back to this business about worth or the absence of it, which can lead to Rivalry and jealousy. There's no place in a Christian congregation for arrogance, pride, or jealousy. When we're gathered back together, even if you're sitting six feet apart from one another, those people who are next to you or even six feet apart are unique and special and they have their gifts and are blessed with gifts just as you are. They have their gifts. You have yours. They're all okay. They are all important. In the congregation in Corinth, They didn't have so much of a problem discovering what the different spiritual gifts were, but their problem was to whom those gifts had been given. They were like kids who had been given a video game and one set of controls and told, you need to share. Some of those who had the gift of receiving a divine message to proclaim or who maybe had the the miraculous gift of healing or the miraculous gift to speak a foreign language they hadn't studied started to become a bit snooty and arrogant. And others with the more common and natural gifts felt gypped. Factions developed. God was not pleased. The apostle was not pleased. So in a positive way, he states it this way, the Holy Spirit distributes spiritual gifts to each one just as he determines. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are all of equal value. He distributes different gifts to different people, making us all unique and all special. And this is one of the fantastic aspects of being part of the body of Christ to being part of the 
of the body and of the bride of Christ. When we're part of the body of Christ, we can remember with these gifts from the Spirit that each part is important. You might be the eye, another person, the nose in the body of Christ, another person, the elbow, another person, the ACL. All are different. All are important. No boring sameness among Christians. No cookie-cutter assembly line that God cranks out so that we're all identical. No. Here's an old saying that's really true. God don't make no junk. You are all unique and special with the gifts that God has given you, the spiritual gifts. You are all worth the blood of Jesus. Do you see yourself standing before God and in the sight of God, washed clean of every sin by the blood of the Lamb? That's where you get your worth, your value. But do you see how spiritual gifts now add to your worth in the sight of God and others because you're using those gifts then to impact the lives of others and help them understand how unique and special they are and how they can love and care for others. God the Holy Spirit distributes different gifts to different people so that we are all unique and useful. You are gifted by God alone for one purpose, to serve others with all different kinds of gifts to make you unique and useful. The king fell in love. I suppose that's not unusual. But what makes the story I'm going to tell unusual is that the king fell in love with a woman who did not enter the marriage and bring along some wonderful country estate. She didn't come from a family that had a duke or an earl or even the duke of earl. She had no special schooling, no brains, no beauty, no blue blood. In fact, just the opposite. She was a prostitute in jail for murder. And yet, the king loved her, arranged for her release, and lavished her with gifts. Sound impossible? Not even good enough to be the plot of a B-movie? Well, you know what? I've met the king. And I know the bride. The king is Jesus. We are the bride. And that's what sin does for us, though. It lands us in the gutter and feeling like we're chained to the wall of guilt. And yet, in spite of that, the Lord has loved despicable me and despicable you. He's committed himself to an eternity of faithfulness, forgiving and forgetting all of our cruddy, crusty, crummy past. And he's lavished us with the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we are in faith. We come to faith and trust our Lord Jesus. He's lavished us with the gifts of the Spirit Those are the wedding gifts he gives us, the spiritual gifts, that we can be unique and useful for others. You are gifted by God alone for one purpose. Sure, all different kinds of gifts, but to make you unique and useful. Sound 
sound almost impossible and even too fantastic for the plot of a B-movie? Good thing it's real. Good thing it's real life. Good thing it's our real life. What a joy to be able to announce to you today. You are gifted. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.